Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Were you ever on, uh, like, dating apps and stuff? I have. Do you, you swipe left on me? No. <laughs> I don't. I never swipe oh, left okay. on you. I kept you in the list of maybes. <laughs> You've always been in the list of maybes <laughs> on all of the apps. <laughs> I am so honored. Wow. Because <laughs> it's just like, you know, like when you know somebody, you would feel bad about swiping left, so then I'm just going to leave them in the... the you could have saved us a lot of time just by sending me a like. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. We're back, back, back again, and back in Houston, and I'm excited? <laughs> I think I'm excited about it. Um, let's just get into it. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. I edited out, well, I'm purposely not talking about a lot of it because I just feel like a lot of it's not really... Like, a lot of things don't translate from TV to podcast, if you will. So, like, the dressing up, the suit and dress moments, I won't be talking about unless there's something that's said um, in the interim that I find interesting. But, yeah, I tried to whittle it down to the most important information because, y'all, I know that you are not trying to listen to a three-hour recap of a three-hour show. I know that. And I'm not trying to recap three hours, frankly. So let's get into it right now. Um, we're going to start off talking about our, I want to call them contestants, our, our cast members for this season. Um, starting off with the first person, the first couple that we meet, which is Gil and Mirla. So Gil is 35. He is known as, um, you know, dubbed by the married at first sight guy gods as Mr. Caring and charismatic. And then we have Mirla who was 34, AKA Miss picture perfect princess. So I noticed much like I noticed last year with, Oh, should I start talking? Um, Amelia and Bennett from, from New Orleans, you guys, they, they broke up apparently. Sorry. <laughs> that quirky couple that we all thought was really going to make it didn't. Um, I'm not really sure of the full tea on the situation, but it seems like word on the street is that Amelia broke up with Bennett kind of out of the blue and it was a very definite thing. And I think this may have happened a couple of months ago, but they've been 
um, very hush hush about it. Uh, but yeah, it seems like that. It seems like um, Bennett was spotted making out with some random girl somewhere. <laughs> and uh, Amelia, I think somebody said that, oh, she's dating my friend, which she thought was weird because she watched the show. So yeah, it seems like for all intents and purposes, they are broken up. Um, what else from our former cast members Virginia and Eric I think are officially divorced so that's great two claps up for them no updates on Ryan and Clara I would like to hear more about that so Clara please if anybody knows Clara tell her that she's welcome to come on the show and we are I'm ready to talk girl let's talk about it um so anyway back to Gil and Mirla so like I said when we got our first interracial couple with Clara and Ryan, um, the, whoever is supposed, who's doing the writing, whoever in production's doing the writing to intro why the couples are matched really needs to have like some sort of racial sensitivity lesson because I can't remember how they described Ryan, but it was basically like, you know, culturally, like Ryan is black, but culturally he hangs out with a lot of white people. So, and Clara likes a black guy. So this is going to, you know, they put it in a much more um, you know, vague and, and sensitive way. But I noticed that Pastor Cal said that uh, Gil and Mirla were a match because of their similar upbringing and cultural connection. So, um... I knew immediately what that meant. So more on that later. <laughs> so Gil is, he's tall. He's bald. He's nice chocolate man. He is a firefighter. He says that when women hear he's a firefighter, that usually works out quite well for him, you know? Um, and although he's dated a bunch of women, uh, he hasn't sent, found somebody who is his definition of wife material. Now, there are so many things about that men can say that will trigger red flags for me. And that happens so many times. This intro episode, I, my head was spinning. <laughs> the idea of a guy saying like wife material, I don't know why that rubs me the wrong way or even like husband material. I, there's just a, a, a specific type of person that I think uses a phrasing like that. And I am finding Gil to be a little bit demonic. I think he might be dealing a little bit with the demonic arts. Um, <laughs> I'm like mostly kidding, but not really because then he says, oh Lord, oh Lord. I mean, he said he wanted an nineties R and B style kind of love. Can you imagine? <laughs> what, what does that mean? What does that, which R and B song are you talking about? Are you talking about like, which group are we dealing with? Is this like a 112? Is this uh, Johnny Gill? Is it Bobby Brown? Is it uh, TLC? Like, which group are we talking about? Because um, that might yield very different results, you know? And I just would like to know really more of what Gill meant by that. If anything, it means that he's corny. And that's, you know... Prayers up for Marilla for that situation. Um, Gil is Colombian and he says he has trust issues because, um, oh, tragically his father was shot and killed in a home invasion when he was 14. Um, another thing that I noticed from this episode is that a lot of these people have like a, a talent show level sob story. You know what I mean by that? Like when they introduce somebody on American Idol or The Voice, it's like always, you know, my dad lost his leg in a, a tra you know, like a, a freak cornfield accident and my mom doesn't have a head anymore and my dog, you know, my dog doesn't have a butthole. Like, you know, I'll just like tragedy after tragedy, my house burned down, you know, you know, you know, like what I mean, and then and then the ashes from the house that boomed down burned up again. It's just like a whole situation. So everybody, most people on this season seem to have some sort of poverty or tragedy situation happening with them, and it's interesting. It's very interesting. 
Then we meet Mirla and Mirla's friends. And all of Mirla's friends appear to be of my persuasion racially. And then I was, I knew that when they said earlier, when Pastor Cal said earlier that they have a similar upbringing and cultural connection, that it meant like Mirla has a lot of black friends. And, and that was immediately confirmed in this brunch uh, scene where she's telling all her friends that she is going to be getting married in a couple of weeks. Um, she says that basically she's tired of being the third wheel and she has taken that time that she would normally devote to being in a relationship towards herself, as she should, to self-care. She's a bit of a girly girl. She likes her lashes. She gets her lashes done every week. She likes to work out at the gym. She's always in a, a you know, a cute little two-piece, matching two-piece outfit. She's always taking selfies at that, like, hot bitch angle where you um, cock your head to the side and, like, make sure that your ponytail looks really long. You know what I mean? Like, that is Marilla's whole vibe. Um, like I said, poverty. She also grew up poor, and she says she's living a nice life now. She's not trying to go back to that. She's not trying to change her lifestyle at all. Um, I She's hoping I am with a man who can meet me on my level because I want to travel. I want to rock around being a bad bitch. These lashes need to get done every week still. And I'm just having no desire to change my lifestyle whatsoever, which, fair. I mean, who who would want to do that, you know? So Marilyn has a list of what she says is a short list of requirements. And she tells her friends uh, for a man, what she needs is that he believes in faith, that he's tall, dark, and handsome and bearded and not bald, please not bald. And is also able to enjoy the same lifestyle that she likes to enjoy. So her friends are like, maybe you need to think about more of what you need and not just these arbitrary, you know, plot point or not plot points, but like just points of, of things, requirements, if you will. And, um, maybe you need a cheap guy. Maybe that'll put things into perspective. for you. <laughs> Her friends were really like, girl, you might be the issue. Like we love you girl, but you're going to have to adapt a little bit because if you want to find somebody, we know you and we know that things are going to have to change. Um, like I said, she is not interested in a bald man, which is exactly what Gil is. And she says that she finds it, that that would be too distracting, which I think is like, girl, grow up. <laughs> I mean, Mirla's 34. I just feel like past the age of 30, if you're like not into a bald guy, a bald guy who does it right. And I'm not talking about like a George Costanza situation. Gil was like a refined, nice, bald man. And I just feel like, Marilla, you can, we can bend a little bit on that one. Bald is sexy when you do it right. Bald can be very sexy. So I, I hope that that is not too much of a, a hindrance for her. Um, moving on to our next couple, we have Zach, 27, the romantic idealist, and Michaela, 30, the stubborn sweetheart. Um, you guys, I don't like Zach. My, my initial reaction is no, no, thank you. Zach is the youngest participant. If I'm not mistaken, most of the guys are 35, 34. I mean, this seems to be like an older cast and yeah, I think Zach at 27 might be the youngest cast member. Um, Zach seems to feel like he has a lot of pressure to get married, which is like a huge red flag for me. He, he has two brothers seems like he grew up in a pretty close knit family seems he seems like kind of nerdy to me um but he's basically like oh my other my one of my brothers is engaged my other brother's in a long term committed relationship and he's clearly feeling the pressure of being the in his mind odd man out and it just seems like he wants to get married because he doesn't want to feel like a loser anymore and to which i say like Oh Lord, we are in 2021. If you're 27 and you're feeling like you need to get married because it's going to be too late for you, like, Oh Lord, <laughs> there, there's so much work that needs to be done with Zach. Um, it feels like a recipe for disaster because 
he, to me, he just seems really insecure. At one point, he said, if I had to do a thousand push-ups to find the beautiful wife and children that I want, then I would do that. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> um, how about therapy? How about therapy? Have, <laughs> we, we just went right into the physical, the physical challenges. Um, how about the emotional and, and mental ones? How about therapy, Zach? Have we considered that? Zach also says fully with no hint of irony whatsoever that no one has been able to live up to the ideal person that he has created in his mind. And the longest relationship he's had has been nine months and he's never been in love. Now at 27, do I think it's like weird that you've never been in love? No. Do I think it's weird for you to say like, nobody's been able to live up to this fantasy in my head? Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like he said that with no like qualms whatsoever as if that is a normal thing to uh do and again therapy therapy would be my very first suggestion so zach's parents cracked me the fuck up when he sits them down at dinner and tells them he's going to get married in two weeks and he feels like he's ready to get married and be a husband and father. His father laughs at him and says, no. <laughs> then it gets weird because his dad is like, mm -mm, you are not ready for this. This is laughable. But then he and he and his mom start crying. They start crying because she's like, I just don't want some random bitch. Well, she didn't say bitch. I just don't want some random girl marrying my son. And then they both, and then she starts crying and then he starts crying. So basically what we appear to have in Zach so far is a mama's boy whose mama doesn't even really believe in him. So, whoa. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what future foretells this whole situation? Um, Next, we meet Michaela, and I love Michaela immediately because the first thing production asks her is, why do you think you're single? And she says, well, mostly I don't really think it's my fault. And then she shrugs. <laughs> I love it. She goes on to say, admittedly, in the past, she was a little bit more shallow than she should have been. And she feels like at the end of the day, everybody ends up old and ugly and maybe even broke. So, you know, maybe she should start opening up her mind to things. And another sad story. She has an idea of a man because of her father, which is very common. Um, tragically, her father also died. He died, I believe, in a drunk driving accident. And that... He was the kind of father who she tells a story about how in the middle of the day, the hood flipped out of her car on the highway. So she called him and he came and got her. And that was like the example that she keeps in her head of, you know, what she wants out of a partner. So Michaela has, I believe, three sisters. So she sits them all down and they're outside and she's telling them the news like, hey, I'm going to be getting married in a couple weeks. And basically they're like, um, you're really stubborn. Don't even try to act like you're not. And you need to adjust. But good luck, girl. <laughs> and I know you guys saw the way <laughs> production filmed this. We were led to believe it's just Michaela and her three sisters. They're sitting like in front of a bonfire or whatever. And then they show like a, a group shot. And I was like, wait, who, where did this white man come from? <laughs> and it turns out it, the white man was uh, Michaela's uh, brother-in-law, Reuben. But like the way they filmed it, it just like, there was no indication that there was anybody else in that shot for the first like five minutes. And then you're like, whoa. <laughs> Who, are you lost, sir? Where are you? Where did you come from? But um, Ruben seems very excited, probably more excited than his wife and his other sisters-in-law. So, you know, more. I hope we see more of Ruben later. He seemed very excitable. Okay, next we have Bao, 35, Miss Highbar and Johnny, also 35, Life of the Picky Party. So our first scenes with Johnny are of him and his closet. 
And I had to pause because it was very clear that the man certainly has a uniform. He had nine of the same blue button-down shirts, four of the same colored khakis, pairs of khakis, two white button-down shirts, and then two blue button-down shirts, not the same blue as the first nine, a, a slightly, very slightly different shade. The man is a creature of habit, and that's putting it the nicest way I could think. Johnny has a lot of baggage, and I don't feel like we've dived that deep so quickly, or even at all, into somebody's emotional baggage and their history and what led them to why they are who they are today with Johnny. I was really liking all the transparency that we were getting out of his storyline this episode. Um, Johnny says that he needs to be in control of a situation and he's really basically only attracted to women who are way more into him than he is into them. And he likes for women to say that he loves or I love you first. And he just really has a trouble and a problem with being vulnerable. He, you know, has lived like a pretty nice life. I think he said he worked for NASA or no, that was Jose. Um, but he's regardless has lived a very nice life. And he says that, you know, I have a double sink in my bathroom and every time I go and brush my teeth and I have to say shout out to you, Johnny, for brushing your teeth correctly. I think um, many people get an electric toothbrush and then they brush it like they would with a normal manual toothbrush, but you're not supposed to do that. You're just supposed to guide the brushes, the bristles along your teeth and let the, let the electricity, the batteries, the power do the work for you. So shout out to you, Johnny, for proper dental care. Um, but anyway, he says that he, you know, will brush his teeth and he'll look over and he'll look over at that empty sink and think about how he wants it filled because he never really uses it by himself. And so he talks to his friends about him getting married and his friends are kind of concerned and they're like, how do you think your parents are going to react to this whole thing? Do you think they're even going to come to the wedding? And Johnny stated before that he has a love-hate relationship with his father. It's very complicated. His parents weren't married for very long, so he was really mostly raised by his mom. Um, and his mom was also a little bit... Um, Mm, uh, withholding with love. He says that she never really said, I love you when he was growing up. And so he's, he's got a lot of things to work through. Um, Johnny basically is like, my dad is a really tough guy. And at, up until this point, he says that he does not want to even tell his father that he's getting married because he knows that he's not going to improve. And not only that, that he's going to hit his phone line up every day until up until that wedding to try and convince him to get out of it. So we'll more on that later. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Next we meet Bao. And right out the gate, Bao is like, I'm a nerd, you guys. I use Excel for everything. It is my boyfriend. I'm an Excel spreadsheet freak, and I use it for things like baking bread, uh, making lists for when I am going on vacation. Hell, I even used it to weigh the pros and cons of whether or not I should stay in my last relationship. So 
there you go. <sighs> Again, <laughs> Abel grew up poor. And she grew up in a trailer and she said that she has a lot of insecurities about that. She would, um, when she would get off the bus, she would walk past her trailer because she didn't want the other kids to know that she lived in a trailer. So she would just walk and then walk back. And yeah, it's just like really, really hard. And, um, but it seems like she has a nice family. She is the only daughter. I think she has three brothers. And, um, so she tells her brothers the news about her getting married and they're all really supportive. And even one of them is talking about how, you know, I imagine it would be, it would have been really hard for Bao to grow up and be the only girl in our family. So we're actually like really excited for her. Um, and then she tells her brothers that she hopes that she gets somebody who's a little bit more flexible than her. And I mean, I hope her definition of flexible is somebody who has less than 10 of the same shirt, because if it's not, we're in trouble. <laughs> Next up on the couples list is Brett, 33, um, hope, Mr. Hopelessly Devoted, no, Miss Hopelessly Devoted, I forgot, Brett is a woman, and Ryan, 35, the Reformed Serial Dater. So, right out the gate, Ryan says that he spent a lot of time and resources on dating and that he's probably dated 50 or more women in the past three or four years. This is giving me signs of Brett guy brett from new orleans remember how he was like a, a dating app daddy um and how well that went over um so uh, i'm already weary of ryan here um he tells a story about how he was basically a player dating just you know just a revolving door of women until 18 months ago his best friend passed away and that's what put things into perspective. Like, I'm not trying to take away from the tragedy of his friend dying. I'm just a little bit confused about the connection. I, I guess it was like a life is short. I gotta get better get my shit straight. And I can't just be like dating 17 women a day. I, I'm assuming that's what it means. Um, but anyway, um, then he says that he's really into the notebook. And that he likes to bake pies and watch the notebook and cry. And he says that he didn't really want to admit that he liked the notebook that much on television. But then he seemed pretty into it. <sighs> okay. I'm, oh, I don't like Ryan. <laughs> I do like Ryan. Um, so Ryan has his family over. It's his sister and his parents. And um, he says that he's more nervous to tell to break the news to his sister than he is to his parents because apparently um sister is just running shit i think her name was oh it was alexa alexa's rent sorry if that uh triggers y'all's alexa by the way but um she uh basically runs shit and that she has the strong feelings and that the parents tend to fall in line and and hop on her bandwagon especially when it comes to shit um alexa doesn't really seem to like her brother that much she has no problem roasting him i don't know if it was like the excitement of the cameras and a mic pack but she doesn't really seem to be into him she seems to really think that her brother is a fuckboy and she has no problem putting him on blast for all of the world to see. Um, they think this whole thing is very unorthodox. And Ryan, Alexa is like, listen, y'all production. Let me tell you, we are so used to there being a girl. We, we girls coming through so often that we just call them the flavor of the week. Now, granted, as he's gotten older, it has gone to more of a flavor of the month situation, but the sentiment is still there. We don't know what this dude's problem is, but we're hoping that whoever he ends up getting matched with is the flavor of his life <laughs> and that we could just stop this train from, from going to Fuckboyville. Ryan's mother mumbles under her breath, why couldn't my children have just been normal? And when Ryan says, am I not normal? His father says, 
I don't know, like, a normal person wouldn't do something like this. So, does anybody like Ryan? <laughs> At least Brett from New Orleans had his, like, goofy squad of, like, brother fuckboys who thought that he was, like, hung the moon and was great. But it seems like Ryan has nobody in his corner. <laughs> and even though I don't like him, I think it's sad that his family doesn't seem to like him either. There really wasn't a whole lot to talk about Brett. She looks like somebody, maybe like the red-haired pussycat doll. Do you remember her? She kind of looks like her. Um, she is just giving former cheerleader, this former pageant girl. I didn't dislike her. I'm not saying those, these things as bad things. I just didn't find her particularly interesting. She and her friends all look the same. They're all middle parts and beach waves. And, and, uh, uh, that was really it. I mean, what did she say that was interesting? Oh, that she hadn't hooked up with anybody in the past two years, not kissing, not anything. And, she tends to go for quality over quantity. She really likes to get to know somebody, which is not what happens all the time. I mean, again, you see, I'm struggling to even finish a sentence about her. <laughs> so let's move on to our next couple. Rachel, 33, the blossoming bride and Jose, Mr. Perfection. Um, Rachel, another interesting person who seems to have low self-esteem and that concerns me. Um, Rachel's mom didn't really seem to care that she was signing up for the experiment. She just said, like, she's crazy regardless. So, like, this really isn't surprising. Um, her best friend, however, really had a lot of opinions. And it seems like Rachel's last relationship was a really bad one. Um, and... Yeah, like I said, her best friend is basically, like, throwing every possible bad situation at her. What if he thinks you're ugly? You know? And then he's basically stuck with you. Are you guys going to be living together? I just think, like, you know, just every possible thing that could go wrong. What if you don't like living with him? What if he? What if he's not attracted to you? What if you're not attracted to him? What if his big toe's too long? Like, what, you know, what about all these just worst-case scenarios? Um. So she was in a relationship as of six months ago which the timeline of that is very interesting because if we're going to talk about like the timeline of say Chris um last year with all, all the overlapping happening so she is only six months out of a relationship that means she probably started the process for the show three months out of a relationship which just feels like a very short turnover I I don't know I don't know. I wish we would talk more about that. Like, in terms of the experts, what... At what point is a breakup a little too soon? And at what point is, like... Or how do you determine whether or not somebody's ready to make such a big commitment to somebody when they're so quickly out of a, a serious relationship? That's what I would like to know. Rachel's been on a journey like most of us have been through the pandemic. She, so her last relationship was a long-term relationship, long distance relationship. <laughs> it was long distance relationship. And because of the pandemic, they decided to move in with one another. And at that point, things got bad. She found out that he was not being faithful. They broke up. So here she is post pandemic, post breakup has gained some weight. So after the breakup, she got her revenge body. She lost 35 pounds and now she feels like she's ready to find somebody. So then we meet Jose. Jose seems like a highly accomplished guy. Like I said, I think he works for NASA. He is one of those, uh, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Like if you, you know, ask, believe, receive, you can do it. You can be debt free and you can get yourself out of that cage. And so he's, he's done pretty well for himself. He says that he's bought two homes that he owns outright. He owns his car outright. He's out of debt. He's, you know, got everything in order except for that one missing piece. He says, Jose says that he's very particular and he hasn't really met anybody who's met his standards. Who, who else said that? 
Gil, wife material meeting my standards. I just don't like that. I don't like those terms. They don't tend to bode well for people in the future, especially on this show. Then he says, women nowadays... No. The the broadest brush is being stroked with this. Who... Women nowadays, I mean, ugh, ugh, where are you going with this, Jose? Okay, so he says, women nowadays may or may not want to partake in half of the work and may want something given to them on a silver platter, and that's not what I'm looking for. Okay, well, that seems like a you problem, Jose. What kind of women are you attracting that this is such a big deal in your life? That it's like, uh, that you are so bold to say that women nowadays, that all of us generally are looking for things to be handed to us on a silver platter. Maybe you're just attracting the wrong type of people. Maybe you think you want one thing, but you're searching for it in another type of person. And then you're now saying that all women are this way. That The problem is you and the answer's coming, the call's coming from inside the house with you, Jose. You know what? Um... You guys, I know that when they do these introduction packages, that there's that B-roll. And usually it's them like, you know, in their house reading a book or having drinks with friends or doing some sort of physical activity that they like to do. Why? (laughs) They didn't say anything about Jose's religion unless I missed it because I was so mad about him saying women nowadays are just like whores like money hungry whores um why was his b-roll footage of him outside of a church (laughs) like in the church parking lot sitting like on a on an edge of a planter with a i'm assuming a bible in his hand like clearly the church wasn't open and so they just have him pacing around the sidewalk outside and in the parking lot of the church. <laughs> like, could y'all not have taken him to a park? It made it look so sad. Like, who is this creep sitting outside of the church, just pacing outside in the parking lot? Anyway, at this point, I realized, oh, Jose has short man energy. And that was immediately, the universe, you guys, the universe always has a way of confirming your deepest uh, theories. So I'm like, gosh, he really has short guy energy. And then they show just a little clip of him sitting at like a, a desk. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. His head barely cleared the top of that desk. <laughs> clear the top of the desk that man is about as tall as me and i'm five feet tall okay he is short he's quite short and i'm like oh, okay this is where this energy is coming from you're insecure because you're tiny short man com- napoleon complex hello it seems like his family doesn't really even think he's cool much like brett no ryan his family doesn't seem to be fucking with him um They say he's too particular. They say he talks too much, that he's looking for perfection in his partner. And I'm scared for Rachel because she just seems to have like a little bit of insecurity issues. And I just don't want her to be manipulated by any man. Certainly not this man. Certainly not a short man, you know? So those are our five couples. And after we meet all the individuals, we see a scene of Johnny who's decided to tell his father that he is going to get married. So, even though he described the relationship as love-hate, he says that he still really wants his father approval. So, we see Johnny calling his father and telling him, I'm going to be getting married on January 31st, but we don't see or we don't hear what his father says. So, two screens pop up and say that, Johnny's dad doesn't approve of the situation at all. He declined to be filmed in any way. So, like I said, we don't hear his response. We do see Johnny's reaction. And he says that he's sad and disappointed and a little bit angry. And he's 
starts to cry a little bit and he's clearly very emotional and says that his dad sounded furious on the phone and um that his father used the word dangerous with respect to getting married at first sight several times in the conversation so it was just like oh i it was sad to watch him be so frustrated and it's you know the, a situation where you know where it's going but you're like i just have to do this for like the shot in hell that maybe this is going to be a good conversation but then it turns out exactly how you thought it would and it's sad it's sad for your for you to hope for support from your parent and they end up disappointing you in exactly the same the exact way that you expect them to it it was really really sad to see him so emotional um next the brides and grooms get together you know the brides get together and the grooms get together for uh, their first meeting, their first group hangout with each other. Uh, the guys start talking about what they hope they don't get. And Gil's first thing is that he wants a woman with less than a thousand Instagram followers. And Zach and Jose agree. They're like, we don't want any IG models because, you know, they're too into themselves and we want somebody who's a little bit more centered. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of just like stereotyping happening here, a lot of bordering on slut shaming, and all of you guys would be so lucky to get an IG model, even if it was for three months, you know, all of you guys would be very lucky. So I, okay, if you want to be picky, then sure. Um, uh, Johnny says that he wants somebody who's really clingy. Johnny also clocks Ryan and he says... <laughs> I feel like it's been a long journey for Ryan to get to where he is now. And he's just giving off the vibe that he's looking for like a safe place to land. Meaning it seems like Johnny, or excuse me, it seems like Ryan has really run through these streets and now he's out of options, you know, and is just looking for a partner. <laughs> so Rachel over with the ladies, Rachel says that her concern is somebody who's going to ruin her self-esteem. And that concerns me because if it feels like, if that is your first concern, then I feel like your self-esteem is probably pretty tenuous to begin with. And that, like I said, concerns me. Uh, Marilla says she has no interest in kissing at the altar. All the other women are down, but she is a hard no. And of course, production cuts right to Gil, who says that he is deeply invested in that first kiss that he wants to do tongue and everything in front of God, family, and friends and the world deep tongue in at the altar. Um, like I said, I tend to just talk about the highlights from the dress and suit fitting because it, it's boring for me. Like I don't watch say yes to the dress. If I wanted to, I would, but I don't. So I, I don't find that interesting. But I did find interesting that Zach said he had never been to a wedding before. Ever? Is that common? Maybe that's more common than I think it is. I don't, but it just feels like at 27, never once, you've never been like a, a ring bearer or anything. That's wild to me. Um... Next, the women and men get together for the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Marilla is not feeling this party at all. She says, I just want to be married. Like, I'm not trying to be here. This is not my scene, not my vibe. I'm not into bachelorette parties. Her friends are like, yeah, well, you've never been married before. So maybe that's why. But she's like not feeling this whole situation. Um, meanwhile, Gil, the guy that she's about to get married with over at his bachelor party is taking pole lessons from the dancers. He's doing some sort of like, uh, pole dance off with, uh, a dancer. Like she's on one pole on one side, he's on the other one. And they're like mimicking each other. He's going so hard that at one point he splits his white jeans. He's having the time of his life. Um, Gil tells the camera that he has no problem stripping for his wife, doing like a magic mic situation if that's what she wants, or even if that's not what she knows that she wants, but she'll find out that she wants it because he's so good at it. 
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. At one point, the guys start talking about their expectations for after the ceremony and what they're most nervous about. And Johnny says that he's really nervous about the intimacy. But Ryan says that he's more nervous about that, like, post-wedding ceremony first conversation that they're going to have. Jose says he has figured out a way to combat the nerves from that post-wedding conversation and that... Over the course of knowing that he was going to get married, he any question that he's that has popped into his you know five foot two brain of his, um, he's written down. He has accumulated two hundred and fifty six questions for his future wife. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Back over to the ladies. If Marilla is having zero fun, Michaela is having all the fun. She's having more fun than anybody I can recall at the bachelor or bachelorette parties on the show. She is swimming in strippers. She's got a stripper at every corner of her body. She's throwing twenties around. She's a lot woo. Woo. A lot of wooing happening. Like, woo, this is the best life of my life. Woo. Um, she's having a great time. I love her. I love her. Um, after the party, Johnny, um, back at home has a Skype conversation with one of his friends about his insecurities. And he starts off by saying, Hey, I prefer somebody who's a stage five clinger, but in his mind, rather than like try to figure out why he wants somebody like that, his question to his friend is when does he tell his wife that that is what he prefers? (laughs) Fortunately, Johnny asked the correct friend how to handle this situation because she's like, um, you maybe need to reconsider why you need somebody to be so clingy to you all the time. That would be the healthier response to that. So Johnny says, you know, in every relationship, all of his past relationships, he has made sure that the women are really into him first. And he came from a background, a family background, there, there wasn't really a whole lot of affection and I love you's being thrown around. So he feels like he is kind of overcompensated in his relationships and he prefers to look for somebody who is hyper affectionate. So Bao and Johnny are the first to get married. And I have to say Bao, ooh, like top five bridal looks. She looked so beautiful. Her makeup. Thank God. Thank <laughs> Thank God. They have found some makeup artists that know how to paint for television and they're not going to look like uh, Virginia's uh, wet and wild lavender eyeshadow all over her face within five minutes. But I digress. She looked beautiful. I think the accessories were cute. The cape was cute. The dress was gorgeous. It fit her nicely. Top five look for sure. Um... So production comes in and I guess now it's going to be a standard thing that the bride and groom are going to give each other a gift uh, before the wedding. So production comes in to give, you know, Johnny and Bao the gifts that they bought for each other. And Bao, I'm starting to really like her too. Like she really was presented as kind of nerdy and meticulous and and 
maybe lacking in a little bit of personality, but she was actually, she's lovely. She's a lovely person and she has a good sense of humor. So she gives him, she gives, Bao gives Johnny a card that is basically like a condolence card. Like, um, I hope that you have family and friends with you during this difficult time <laughs> in, in, in your need, in your time of support. Um, and that she gives him like a kit that's a groom's day survival kit. It had chocolates and gift cards to a wine store and um, other little bits and bobs and um, some socks that had tigers on them um, for him to wear. And uh, Johnny's card to bow mentions that he enclosed both home and away jerseys for I'm assuming the Houston Rockets you guys I don't do sports so it's possible that the Houston Rockets are not even a team but <laughs> whatever whatever the local Houston team is um uh bow's first reaction is oh no sports which is, which is me. Like, oh God, this is the only thing he could think to give me. And then she pulls out a collage, a photo collage. One of those, you know, the things, it's like nine different frames that you put up on the wall. Hobby, the Hobby Lobby special. So, um, the middle frame, <laughs> what did the middle frame say? It says married, I married a stranger. I'm like... Uh, what are those things that were so popular? You could put the words up, like those little boards that you could put the words up, right? So that's in the middle. I married a stranger in the middle. And there's one word per frame surrounding that. And it says, um, what did it say around that? Oh, I'm having, and I'm having the time of my life. So I married a stranger and I'm having the time of my life. It was so tacky. The font choices were a real choice. And I'm with Bao. She's like, we're going to have to change some things before this hangs up in my house. (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) And then she pulls out the second jersey and then she's really like, oh God, I really wanted a nerd. Like I did not want to marry a bro. (laughs) We see her in scenes with her mom. She's sitting at the table, just staring down at those jerseys like, I wanted a brilliant mind, like a NASA level mind. I did not want a guy who was this into sports. I did not want this. I do not want to marry a guy who's into sports. And her mom's like, it's fine. He's probably not into it. And you could just see that Bao's like picturing 20 years from now being like, oh God, I'm going to have to be sitting in a stadium and I don't want to be here. Like... I'm looking at my future and it is not bright. It is not bright in this moment. Oh man. So then we get to the wedding and Bao walks down the aisle. She's being escorted by her father. She turns to her father and says, I know him. And then she's walking down the aisle and she says, and I think he knows me. Johnny is looking very shocked at this point. And his eyes are wide and he's laughing and he's like, oh my God. And they both get to the altar. They get up face to face and they're like cracking up because they know each other. In a confessional, Johnny says, out of the whole world of possibilities, this is Pluto. Um, I noticed that they don't, they didn't typically, because when we get to these like, uh, oh, they're about to walk down the aisle. There's always a lot of like suspense and pomp and circumstance. And typically we see the husband get down to the aisle first and he introduces himself to the bridesmaids and the families. But I noticed that they did not do that with Johnny and Bao. And I think it's because Johnny probably recognized, I don't know, maybe Johnny recognized him. I don't, I just thought it was weird that they, they eliminated that part. But, um, so <laughs> as they're walking down that, you know, they go through the thing, they do their vows and the vows are very nice. She did a poem. He wrote this like very nice little situation and they kiss 
there's some laughing before their kiss. They're like, oh my God, I'm about to kiss you. And as they're walking back down the aisle after the ceremony's over, Johnny goes, turns to her and says, I have a lot of questions. And she's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> so the next time we see them, the next scene is of them doing like the couple and the family photos. And in a confessional, Johnny tells us what this connection is. So first he says, when he saw Bao at the end of the aisle, he was put at ease, which is great. Um, so it turns out in college, they knew each other. They did not go to the same college, but she was the head of the Vietnamese Student Association at the University of Houston, and he was the head of the Vietnamese, um, the president of the Vietnamese Students Association at the University of Texas. So they would do like cross events. So they met each other on a president to president level, you know, two, two heads meeting each other. So they knew each other from college, but they didn't really know each other. Um, but I feel like they knew each other in a way that is very clear on one's character. You know what I mean? Like they seemed like that information that they knew each other was like very comforting to them because maybe like on a cultural level, they're like, okay, like if you're willing to be the president of your Vietnamese students, you know, and I am, then, we have this like base level of commonality, right? Um, I loved this. I love that Johnny was like, I thought she was beautiful. Like, obviously she's beautiful. She's sexy. Like he's attracted to her. He's into her. And he says, even at the time I found her really like bubbly and energetic, but I just didn't think about her like that. I wasn't looking for anything serious. And they just seem like, I like this. This is like, not quite Amelia and Bennett, but sort of like Amelia and Bennett kind of had their eye on one another when they met. But like, I think Bennett was in a relationship at the time. This is more of like a, like, I'm liking this. I'm liking the connection. Um, so Bao says that in college, Johnny had a little bit of a playboy reputation and she's like, I can see why he's suave, he's handsome, and he has a way with words. So when they sit down for their, you know, post-wedding champagne conversation, they both agree that this is very wild, but it also kind of makes sense. And that they felt a little bit better because they knew each other. Like, it's weird because we know each other, but it's also kind of cool. Um, so she also, Bao also says that she knows that Johnny is very layered and I know he likes sports, but I also know that there are other sides to him. So she's feeling a lot more relieved at this point. So they're sitting down and Johnny's like, well, I mean, at least we haven't dated before, you know, because <laughs> that would have been weird. And Bao's like, yeah, I made sure that wasn't going to happen. I wrote a long list to the experts of former colleagues and exes of people like do not match me with that person. <laughs> so, but you weren't on that list. And then Johnny um says, "Well, maybe that's a good thing that I wasn't on the list." And she's like, "You know what? I think it may have been." Ah! Ah! <laughs> Loving it. So then Johnny asks her, "Have you ever seen are you on the dating apps?" And she's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Have you ever seen me?" Have you swiped left on me? And she's like, no, I just did that thing where I just kind of kept you. Like, I didn't swipe one way or the other because I kind of knew you and I didn't want to be rude and swipe left. But, you know, I just kept you as a maybe. And he's like, well, maybe if you had swiped right on me, this we could have avoided this whole situation. And they kind of laugh. And I, I just really like it. And then Johnny says, I just want you to know that... Uh, it's a tradition in my family to do a tea ceremony along with the wedding. And so I just wanted you to know that I wanted to do that. And she's like, are you sure? Because I actually told the experts that I insisted on doing that. So we're seeing a lot of connection, a lot of commonality from them right from the beginning. And a lot of like, oh, you thought this? Well, I thought this. And you thought you we were on the same you were on this page. Well, wow, how weird is it that I was also on the same page? There's a lot of things happening for them, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I I'm excited about our first Asian couple. I'm excited to see like this representation of of 
love that we haven't really seen before. I'm really, really excited about them, and I, I hope it works out well. I really, really do. But that was the end of the episode, guys, so I'm not quite sure. I haven't quite figured out what my schedule is going to be for these episodes, um, but you know, as long as you subscribe, you'll get, you'll get them. So here, here we are. (laughs) All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple podcasts, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Have a great week. We'll be back soon.